1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And look, everyone, BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds, and it's also the best way to place your bets. And don't forget, it's free to sign up. So head to that website right right now, BetOnline.ag, and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is only at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back into the pod. Very happy to have a returning guest on here today. He's the host at 670 The Score. He also covers the Chicago Bears. It's Mark Grody. Hello, Mark.
0: What's going on, Joey? Good to see you again, man. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, good to see you again. Uh, Happy New Year 2021. I think we're ready to turn a new leaf on this whole thing here. And we're here to talk about the NFL draft, among other Chicago sports going on. Chicago Bears pick at number 20 next week. It's been a really interesting offseason, right? There's been a lot of rumors that I think we could say are either false or true. I think the Russell Wilson probably felt a little bit more true than maybe a Derek Carr or Carson Wentz situation. Heading into the draft next Thursday, what do you believe and, and what do you think the Bears will do at 20?
0: I think if the Bears keep the 20th pick in the draft, and, you know, that's always worth saying if just because of the history of trading up or trading down from Ryan Pace. And that, that could create some exciting potential if he is to make a trade, but if they do keep stay at 20, I believe right now as we speak that the bears would go. And and I don't say this with like complete, you know, confidence, but offensive line, I do think that they would go that direction and, I've been zeroing in on a little bit. Um, Kevin Jenkins, the Oklahoma State tackle. So, yeah. Big,
1: nasty, (laughs) mean Chicago bread.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since the Bears have dipped into the first round to get an offensive lineman. But I think that, you know, the Bears talk so much about not just getting better at one position on offense, quarterback but fixing the entire offense. And it's not sexy to consider offensive line, but right now when things could change, I, I'm thinking offensive line.
1: Yeah, look, I, I'm in agreement with you right now. I think we need someone who's big and nasty and ready to roll. And do you want to know what is sexy? Heading into next off season with a really good offensive line that is young, athletic, mean, and ready to roll. And if we're going to attract a franchise quarterback, because I don't know if we're going to be able to find one if we're going to attract a franchise quarterback, doesn't it start there with that offensive line as a, as that building block?
0: Absolutely. And I think they started to figure it out last year to, to some degree in terms of getting the interior of that offensive line set. Obviously Cody Whitehair back at guard. Hopefully you'll get a 100% James Daniels back in the mix this year. Obviously Charles Leno jr. Is still there. No more Bobby Massey. So Things started to look good on the interior. Now you just got to figure out the outside a little bit. And if, if they do draft an offensive lineman, somebody sturdy in the high rounds, that might be a position of strength this year. You might be able to look at it and say, Hey, Sam Mustafer is for real at center. We know Cody White here is the real deal at, at guard. He could have some pro bowl years, I believe, playing guard. Um, you know, and then I mentioned James Daniels as well. If you could, if you draft a guy and you have the outsides taken care of, then man, wouldn't it be nice to just have that be a position for the first time in a while where you just look at and say, we don't have to worry about
1: that. Yeah. And you can rotate in, you know, Alex bars and a couple of other guys that they have there in terms of depth. And yeah, wouldn't it be nice to solidify that because then you can actually maybe like some of the offensive weapons that are already on your team, say an Andy Dalton, for example, keep building on the success that David Montgomery had over that final month of the season and, you know, and, and be competitive, maybe control the football game a little bit more because we might not be as explosive as other teams, but that offensive line might give us a shot. Let's go to Fantasyland just real quick. If you read right now, we've got Bears rumors about them trading up to six. Bears rumors of them trading with Dallas at 10 bears rumors trading with pretty much anyone right now in the NFL. Uh, we're, we're, we're paired with anyone right now. We're a hot commodity, just in your opinion, how high is too high or what kind of draft capital is too rich or too much for you personally, that would probably have you looking at a deal sideways if they did move up.
0: Well, I guess that kind of depends on who they'd be targeting. Like I think the bears would move up if one of the, the quarterbacks is to to slip if they see somebody like because i think like the the, there is still some mystery surrounding somebody like mac jones like is he going to go i mean he could go very well could go in the top three or four who knows but if he slips down a little bit like he gets into that eight or nine or ten as you said range might the bears move up at that point to to snag a quarterback i could see a scenario like that that's a great question though like what is at this point, with the Bears roster having so many needs, what what would be too much to, to give up? Um, and I think that's a great question because they've been burned by that, as we know in the past, giving up too much um, to move up in the draft and get something that that doesn't work out. So, you know, that that is something worth pondering and zeroing in on. Uh, But until we know exactly who they'd be moving up for, it's really hard to answer that specifically.
1: Yeah, there's a reputation, right? A little bit with Ryan Pace about, does he give up a little bit too much? I was having a conversation with someone else the other day and we were talking about Ryan Pace's conviction. And I think we came to the discussion of conviction with boundaries, right? Uh, you You can be passionate and you can be enthusiastic and you can go for something, but you do have to have boundaries at the end of the day. Would it be fair to say that, If you any trade up situation, as long as it didn't involve first round capital, future first round capital, you probably could be okay with.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, in my mind, I'm just thinking about how much or how little, you know, first round, you know, capital they would give up in future years. Now, it was worthwhile to have a couple of years without a first round pick with Khalil Mack. Like, that was good. Say what you want to say about Mack and his production in the last year or so. But That was worthwhile, but you got to be really careful, you know, and and I didn't have a problem too with the offer that was given up for Russell Wilson. If the bears had made that deal, giving up, you know, two, three, first round, like that's all good. Uh, But yeah, you, because of how valuable the draft is and building from within and those first round picks are the guys that typically make it. You have to be really careful on how much capital you want to give up. And I'm hesitant at this point to give up a lot unless you know, it's a slam dunk guy.
1: Well, especially if the, let's just say the Russell Wilson thing maybe isn't totally dead and maybe next season they revisit it. You're going to want those, uh, you're going to want those first round picks to be able to get a guy like that. I think it'd be something that they have to consider.
0: Yeah. And that that's a great point too, because Ryan Pace is in this position right now where he it feels like he's got to win now so one would think he would do what he has to do even if that meant mortgaging some first round picks to get a guy who he thinks could help the Bears win now but then he's got to have a have a little bit of you know caution in that regard a little discipline if he is allowed to think about next year as well now we don't know what the deal is between George McCaskey, the chairman of the bears and with the general manager, Ryan Pace, that does he have job security? If the bears win five games this year, a secret 10 year cool. deal
1: now. Yeah. That we yeah. don't know about. <laughs> I
0: mean, and, and maybe, and maybe that would be for the better. Maybe, maybe he does have a two year deal or a three year deal. And maybe for the sake of the franchise, that might be better just because he won't do anything stupid this year. or We won't go crazy with something and he could actually, think about developing and thinking about next year as well. So yeah, I think that all comes into play, but we simply, we've tried to get answers, but we simply don't know what the deal is with pace and McCaskey and McCaskey. You know, when we, I, I talked to him on the score, actually, and he basically said that he is, you know, that there is no mandate that, you know, it's not a win or go home scenario that you're not the bears win, you know, two or three games. I would imagine that he, allows himself to change his mind in that regard. But right now, it does appear that there is some security, which may be good, actually.
1: Yeah, and I respect the mystery that they're going about their business with, but obviously it breeds a little anxiety in terms of the fan base. This seems to be a bit of the flavor of the week right now. All the mock drafts that you see around town and on the national outlets and everything have Greg Newsom from Northwestern. The cornerback going to the Bears at twenty. I find that very interesting just because I've now seen about five or six of them, you know, Daniel Jeremiah's, you know, all the guys at NFL.com. Are they could they be on to something? And would you would you like that pick? Because man, that northwestern defense last year was pretty nasty and he's a really intriguing player.
0: I agree. He's an intriguing player. And some of my cows on a zoom call for a draft meeting that we're having and Newsom's name popped up. One of the guys said that in our little mock draft that he would be his guy. The bears need a cornerback. There's no doubt about it. I mean, with Kyle Fuller having bolted and all that craziness, I mean, you have, you know, one very good second year cornerback in Jalen Johnson. Um, You have Desmond Trufant on the roster. You have Artie Burns back on the roster. Two serviceable guys. That's the way I would put that, but that's not necessarily what you want, serviceable. So it would not be surprising at all at this point if they were to draft a quarterback. Now, would they do it in the first round? That I'd be a little bit more skeptical of because you can have success like they did last year. Um, And so I I don't know if... but I guess it's a bigger point of, I don't know that they'd want to go defense in the first round of the draft being that in so many cases that it is the offense that needs the help, but they, they need a cornerback to the original point.
1: Yeah. And it just sort of feels like the off season modus operandi has been focusing on offense. And I just was naturally kind of leaning towards in that first round. They would kind of go that route. I am also very really curious to see everyone keeps talking about the bears moving up from 20 I'm also curious to see if they move up back into the first round, late first round, or somewhere in that second round area to target maybe that cornerback or maybe even a wide receiver.
0: I bet something will happen. I mean, every year Ryan, Ryan Pace. Make, yeah, yeah. I mean, like look at somebody. The guys even on the roster. I mean, he's moved up to get moved up to get David Montgomery, moved up to get James Daniels. I mean, and, and when Anthony not Miller, Anthony Miller in the second round, right? Not necessarily huge jumps, but. Once he sees his guy, he does what he has to do to get his guy. So I think that, yeah, if he, if he sees a situation where he can relax and trade uh, trade down, then he would do that. And I think he would trade up as well. I do like – just going back to what we were talking about earlier too with the, with the trading up, I do wonder if there – if he is – I'm starting to think more that Ryan Pace will keep the pick at 20 just because – unless there's some sure thing – moving up. Something crazy happens in the early first round. They can still get their guy. I always say that because there is some, there is a certain part of this where the bears do have to play it safe because of failures in the past where you, you, you know, you may want to learn from history and stay put and not try to get too ambitious or think out or think you're thinking outside of the box. When you trade up to get some of these guys,
1: you kind of play the board a little bit, right? Where, let's say a guy like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields or pick whatever those five quarterbacks. Holy cow. He slips to 12 or 13. And now, you know, the Patriots are 15. Now I can see maybe you pick up the phone and you kind of start burning up the wires a little bit to make something happen, but you kind of have to let that come to you for them to jump up to six. I think it's going to cost multiple first round picks. And again, you're banking on Ryan pace, making the correct decision at quarterback where I think, the benefit of the doubt is probably at its lowest point, probably in his tenure. I think we're, we're okay to be a little skeptical about him making that choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, and if any of those guys, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach, Zach Wilson's not going to, that's not going to happen with him, but um, you know, if if those guys are too, you'd also have to question why are teams why are they dropping why are they passing because there's so much smoke and mirrors that goes on with agents and players and teams leaking stuff and saying they're interested in the guy and hyping them up more to maybe set a trap for another general manager. So yeah, I mean that I completely agree that if you can if you can get a guy like you know 13, 14, 15 cool but don't don't get crazy if teams are passing up on these guys unless you truly see something that other people didn't get a chance to see which I, I think would be impossible from a logistical standpoint
1: yeah unless you're uh Gar Foreman right what was the story where he promised Chandler Hutchinson that he would uh he would draft him if he didn't go oh, to the yeah. workout so the he, no mystery with Gar no mystery yeah. but you gotta you gotta <laughs> play with you gotta play with the shadows a little bit with the NFL draft uh just final one on the Bears for you Let's just talk about some of the second-tier quarterbacks real quick. Um, Look, these are college prospects. You know, if you do have some inside intel, please do tell, but not everyone knows how these guys kind of build out. In terms of the Kyle Trask, David Mills, Kellen Mond type of guys, is there one that maybe you like a little bit more? And just talk about what do you think the corollary reaction of Bears fans might be if they do take a guy in that second or third round? It's kind of sort of trying to satiate. The quarterback position, but maybe it's not exactly what Bears fans might expect.
0: Yeah, in terms of who I liked, the more I read about him and hear about him, I do like David Mills. And one of the things that I like, like one of the scouts said, and I was a scout or a draft expert, but said that he is he is one of the best uh, in the whole country in terms of like a, from a scouting standpoint, it's throwing to the middle of the field nice. um, and and accuracy and all of that, and so. That I am starting to like. He, I guess, he'd be my guy in that in that regard. Um, and then what was the other?
1: part of the well, So there's Kyle Trask with Florida, who was throwing to Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. So big weapons, but statuesque guy, kind of pre-planned throw kind of dude. And then Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, who a lot of people, like even Chris Sims, has him number four on his board because he thinks he's got some Dak Prescott vibe to him, where his, his numbers aren't great, but Chris Sims contends that this guy actually had to deal with stuff that you have to deal with in the NFL, like poor offensive line play, maybe being down some scores at the time. Like he actually had to deal with real adversity. So there's those other two guys too, as well, kind of in the mix.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's so much like, like, I, I think those guys probably will be serviceable quarterbacks, but there's so much like mystery surrounding them too about how good they would potentially be where they should actually be drafted and yeah I, and then you mentioned like what would it mean to bears fans like you know what what is it like to satiate that was your other question in terms of satiating bears fans with you know a second or third round pick the <laughs> I think that, yeah, obviously you have, like, I thought they were going to draft the quarterback last year. I was shocked they didn't last year. It seemed like the perfect scenario. We might've had this conversation. Um, it, it seemed like it was the perfect scenario in which to draft a guy because you had Mitchell Trubisky and you had uh, Nick Foles. What better scenario to bring in a guy who's probably not going to touch the field. I would look at it similarly this year, Andy Dalton, serviceable average quarterback. You've still got Nick Foles there. Perfect scenario in which to draft your guy. No matter what, Bears fans are going to be excited that they pick somebody in the second or third round and they're going to be calling for this guy. But it doesn't happen that often where these guys, you know, later round guys have long, sturdy careers where they are franchise quarterbacks. So I'm just sure Bears fans will get behind whomever it is and it's going to sound good. And hopefully there'll be a name that's familiar, like all these guys that we're bringing up, Trask and Bond and um, you know, Jamie Newman is another name as well. So, but it's uh, it's it, it's a crapshoot beyond like the top three or four guys.
1: My biggest fear, I think, is Davis Mills at twenty. Oh, you I, know <laughs> Well, because because I uh, optically no, I'm, I'm I'm with you, right? With all these guys, everyone deserves a chance. We didn't know Mitch Trubisky was going to be a probably a non-NFL quality starter, but we had to give him those 40, 50 starts, right? And Davis Mills deserves the same opportunity. Yeah, I just yeah. think like the the faith would not be really engendered towards moving, like taking him that high in the draft where yeah. we're, we're going to get the Ryan Pace jokes and all that stuff. And, and, and Bears fans don't deserve that.
0: Oh, I mean, the pressure that would be on whomever, if it's Davis Mills there or I mean, one of the other guys that we're talking about, yeah, the pressure would be immense. And yeah, I mean, you're right. And I guess I made the point too, that it is a crapshoot beyond the top guys. So do you want to take a chance on somebody who's not necessarily a first round guy? And we all know Ryan Pace's record when it comes to him targeting somebody, hopefully Matt Nagy would have, Hey, who's your guy? Who's your guy out of those? Those, the second, you know, rung guys. I, I said, Davis Mills, you like uh, Newman or, yeah. Moss or So
1: I like, uh, I I was in on like early on during the college season, I was really in on Trask. I just really liked, okay. I like the arm motion. I like the arm power. I thought that he was really accurate. And then you kind of sort of, you kind of get through it a little bit. And yeah, the dude doesn't move at all. If, if people say it, Mac Jones is unathletic. Yeah. I mean, the dude's got, got concrete in his boots a little bit. Right. I I wouldn't be that my I wouldn't mind that at a second, third round value. And then I was trying to look at Kellen Mond and I'm trying to like see through what everyone's sort of saying. And I see, I like where his feet are. Like I love Dak Prescott, his feet. He's just like on the balls of his feet, like a boxer back there in the pocket. And I I think that, I think that's a really cool uh, I think that's a really cool thing for success for a quarterback. But again, Kellen Mond, you know, you know, he makes tons of mistakes. It would be a project. We would have to have patience. And my fear is, can that pressure over time with Bears fans clamoring for a quarterback, can a guy come in and actually make it happen? Because it, it's it been a thing for so long. And, and somehow the quarterback problem in Chicago has been ratcheted up, in my opinion, where the pressure is probably more than it ever has been at the position. And this has been a position that's been a problem for my whole lifetime. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I worry about guys like that. I guess I would say, I, I wish we had Justin Fields, but it doesn't look like that might happen. You know?
0: Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. Like I, I have, I was in on, I think I've been, you know, following the draft too long now because I've kind of gone through all these guys. Like I like Kellen Mond and I like Kyle Trask and now I'm on the Davis mill. So it's like, you, you can go through all of these guys and talk yourself into them, but then just as easily talk yourself out of it.
1: Yes. And once they do draft a guy, oh, we're going to talk ourselves into him. Oh, <laughs> baby. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, man. Under yeah. the tutelage yeah. of Andy first, Dalton. <laughs> oh god, dude. You know, especially if it's on the first or second round. Even if it's in any of the other rounds, but you know how hyper it's going to be like our draft show will just stop if they pick a quarterback. In. Or if, oh god, if they if they move up on draft night when we're doing that show, I mean, just it's going to break zoom, you know.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's funny. It's almost like the Chicago bears aren't the Dallas Cowboys, but the Chicago bears have been in the off season headlines more often than a mediocre team probably deserves. Right. Uh, People are talking about the bears, whether it is the Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, moving up, moving down, moving around. Every single team has some sort of rumor linked to the bears trading up or trading with them. And it's funny. We're we're in the headlines for, I don't know the right reasons, but man, people are definitely talking about the Chicago bears this off season.
0: Yeah. I mean, any team that is in the market, for a quarterback in any way shape or form is always going to make noise or even or teams like the bears that are we know, call the
1: bears let's call the bears yeah yeah
0: <laughs> they're eight and eight they're nice. eight and eight every year you know that's the good news the bears won't be eight and eight this year but yeah
1: R- ryan picks up on the first ring like half yes. ring, like, hello <laughs> they're ready to go they're ready to go yeah Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Kanon Sunglasses. Now, my sunglass history, it's a little checkered. I like to live a funky, fresh lifestyle, but I'm always breaking my sunglasses or I'm buying that $10 cheap pair and then losing them automatically. Well, no more, I say. It is time to make your outdoor experience better with Canon. Canon Sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make your lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to Scratch and let me tell you, these canon sunglasses they are absolutely perfect for the golf course. So use the exclusive code canoncast15 at canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's right, canoncast15 K A E N O N C A S T 1 5. Canon clearly better let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor just live a trusted source for high quality wellness cbd products created by athletes just for you now look during this crazy time maybe you're trying to get more sleep maybe you're trying to work on your energy you're trying to protect your immune system that's why just live came out with their brand new cbd gummy line they have six different flavors sleep energy focus immunity calm and vitamin c they're vegan and low sugar plus they're founded by professional athletes clay thompson alex morgan Travis Pastrana and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product that they could trust and they could stand behind. It is finally here. So if you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. And right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. That's right. There are six different benefits to choose from. Instead of just choosing one, visit justlive.com and use code support to buy one, get one free. That's right. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies in line with the code support at justlive.com. Now back to the pod. Uh, Mark, just got a couple more for you. I just want to ask you briefly about the Chicago Cubs just real quick. Look, they're not off to a great start. That's not a big secret. I think Cubs fans are another upset fan base right now. Very angsty. You know, they're watching their heroes kind of fall apart before their very eyes. And yet somehow I feel like we all know that they're playing terrible, but you just keep getting all these historical moments that this Cubs offense has had so far. You know, the, the least amount of hits since 1901 in a 10 game span the batting average that was rivaling National League pitchers' batting averages. I mean, because of these historical lows, you have to think that there is some balance coming, right? Can we tell Cubs fans to relax a little bit, or are you just as concerned about this team moving forward?
0: There will definitely be balance that will come forward, and the Cubs will you know, win four or five in a row. However, I do think that this is the, the number one problem is, you know, hitting with runners in scoring position, which has been putrid this year, just leaving men on, you know, even if they're not in scoring position. Um, and this problem has been going on for the better part of two years now in terms of that at the wrong times. So I, while things will probably not be, I don't know, we'll be doing these historic nuggets throughout the entire year, you know, there, this is. I mean, I keep calling this a buy year for the Cubs because I don't think that they necessarily expect to win. I think their attitude is, "It'd be great if we won." Um, the division isn't great, so we've got a chance, which I think is like a total losers mentality. That oh, we can win because our division sucks. Uh, but right now, they're they're kind of in this metamorphosis of of change. I mean, how do you how do you change a philosophical hitting approach? that has existed. You built this team to, for guys to hit the ball out of the park. Now you got rid of Kyle Schwarber. So that was one of the guys that did that, you know, launch angle, all that stuff. Chris Bryant's had a nice year so far, but you're telling them to take a different approach. Wilson Contreras, same deal. Rizzo probably has the right approach. So I won't pile him in with those guys. Ian Happ, another guy who is usually swinging for the, swinging for the fences as well. So there's this weird, like they don't have the proper personnel to run the offense that they they want. It's almost like a football terminology.
1: Let's bring in Jacques Peterson while we're at it, right? Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the exact same player that we're talking about right now, and and of course he's not going to hit what 111 for the rest of the season. But yeah, they just need a guy to just hit a ball sharply for a single back to center field, right? They just yeah, have, not- they need guys. They need guys like that right now, and they're just they're just not getting it.
0: Well, and the hitting the ball over the wall worked for them for a couple of years in 15 and 16, for sure. And and to some degree, 17, because they, they did get to the NLCS in that year as well. It's just not working anymore. Um, you know, you had that one. I don't know if you watched the game. I think it was on was it Friday or Saturday.
1: Saturday, they, they scored 13. Yeah, that
0: was. Yeah. Where they hit where Bryant and Contreras each hit two. Um, I think they had a grand slam that day. But it, that was like that was like 15 and 16 Cubs. I should say second half of 2015 and then all of 2016 Cubs where it's them, it's we them boys hitting the ball out of the ballpark and, you know, the the, the run differential game. But, you know, sitting back and waiting for those kind of days has become far and few in between. It worked until it didn't work. And now, the, now there needs to be some sort of, and then I think there is, I think they're in the back of Jed Hoyer's mind. There is still, there is this, you know, I don't know if it's a rebuild, but the different types of guys will A, be drafted and B, be signed going forward with the Cubs when they have money again,
1: when they have money again, they're just going to have to work their way back up, back up to the top. But that's, that's a great, that's a great for another pod. Yeah. You're bringing up a really good point. You know, it's just funny when you look at these uh, world series teams moving forward, you know, they don't have the Dexter Fowler. They don't have the Ben Zobris. They don't have the guys that just hit the ball sharply and just kind of get on base. The same thing that sort of happened with the white Sox when they lost Aaron Rowan, you know, mm-hmm. we all talk about Paul Canerco and Jermaine Dye and everybody, but it was kind of those guys like Aaron Rowan that could, you know, execute a hit and run. You know, Tadahito hit- Gucci. Tadahito Gucci. Yeah, thank you. That's a great call, yeah. too, as well. Yeah. Just like dudes that can just, you know, hit line drives all over the ballpark. And then you got the big boppers driving them in. Right. Mark, we're going to get you out of here on one more thing. I wanted to ask you this. We're coming up on the anniversary. Not a fun anniversary. April 30th was the day that Derek Rose tore his ACL. It'll be the nine-year anniversary since that happened. And I've been having this topic kind of running around. I'm not, it's not an original topic, but I do want to ask you, looking back on Derrick Rose's career, and you can take this to any sport or any athlete if you want to, if you could pick one athlete to have an injury-free career from beginning to end, no injuries, just line them up, let's go 12, 15 years, who would you want to see? Who would you want to bring back? Or maybe who would you bestow that gift upon in the sports landscape?
0: Um, that one, I would go with, and it's actually a guy that I've comped to Derek Rose in some regards, Mark Pryor,
1: Mark mm, Pryor. He's on my list too.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, uh, it, that's one of the, like, we don't, that definitely gets talked about, but what a heartbreaking career he had. I mean, like he was so good when he came up in that 2003 year was one of the best like pitched years that I've ever seen from a club starter, um, or maybe anybody. Um, and then, then just injury after, injury after injury, after injury, after injury. And then we, it was like, it was like, we got cheated. And I think that's kind of similar with Derrick Rose, right? He, he maxed out in his first few years then injury, injury, injury. And it's like, it felt we got cheated. So Mark Pryor would be my answer on that one.
1: I just never forget when Mark Pryor was drafted, they said, uh, you know, power pitcher with Greg Maddox control. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is. He had the smoothest delivery. Now, as we found out later in life, that it was the most flawed mechanically uh, delivery, I guess, you could have because his, his, his body was in front of his arm or whatever. But just remember, yeah, how smooth was that? Just pumping fastball after fastball, and then he would drop that curve. Oh, Those big calves. I mean, he was, he was a monster.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's so funny to bring up the mechanics because baseball people got that wrong all the people, you know, the scouts and the, the, the big, the people with the big voices and baseball all said, this guy's like Tom Seaver, right? Tom Seaver, he's got these flawless mechanics. He's going to be the next 300 game winner because of those quiet mechanics. And it did look good. I mean, I will say that, I guess, um, you know, it just, I guess it wasn't good. Like you were saying, I mean, I can't really explain that the way other baseball people can, but, like that—that that was the—that was the shame of it. We were sold that he would be that guy, and that he wasn't. But yeah, everything about him was like you know throwing ninety-eight, and then yeah, bringing the the big twelve to six curveball, and just—and then you had you know you had Kerry Wood going too. So you had two of these guys with these crazy good arms, and hell, you could probably put Kerry Wood on your list in this game too. Well, while we're at it, now in terms of guys, like what if he had been healthy for his entire career? What 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 does that look like?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Mark Pryor became one of the best towel pitchers of all time. Oh uh, God, I never.
0: I, for, I reported on many towel days with Larry Rothschild, and <laughs> I, I, I read Larry. your
1: stuff on the L, my friend. I read your stuff on the L of like all oh, the t- and Larry says it's looking good, and I'm start doing this whole. – will be back by May, and all this man oh, over. Man.
0: And and Pryor hated it. He hated the media. He hated like talking about the you know, the, the injuries. I don't know if he hated the media, but he just hated talking about it with us because he, he didn't read, like sometimes you don't know what you're getting into when you, when you're an athlete in Chicago and the stuff that gets cared about and having 50 reporters, you know, throw my, including yours, truly throwing a microphone up his face and in his face and asking him about his, his injury of the day. You know,
1: I got one for you. Pick one out of this list, injury free, or let's just say health, health throughout their entire career. Tiger Woods, Mario Lemieux, or Ken Griffey Jr. Which one would you probably? I'm picking these guys because these guys are would have. I feel like if they had stayed healthy, had maybe broken a few records that.
0: Oh they're man, they're
1: not a part of today.
0: It's a great one. I love the I love the names on that list. If I had to pick one, I probably I'd probably go with Tiger. I'd probably go with Tiger Woods just because, you know, I I think we all as sports fans that are very core we like to see greatness and we are we have been lucky enough to see that individual greatness with tiger woods like that got satisfied with michael jordan but it, it hasn't quite been set like he should have broken the record by now right i mean if he had been healthy and and it would have been very interesting to see him at, at 100% healthy and not have like the worst kind of injuries you know, back and whatever the heck he's going through right now. So I'd say that and then I love the Ken Griffey one because there was a fadeaway with him, man. I mean, like he was so great with Seattle. And then it seemed like, you know, obviously some big numbers years after that was Cincinnati, but he was never really the kid after when he went to Cincinnati. Like there's injuries and just he never quite he's a first ballot one of the goats of you know all that kind of stuff but it it could have been much
1: more i kind of want to blame cincinnati because he was one of the biggest stars of all time and i agree with you he kind of became a lost figure once he signed up the went over there just kind of people didn't really pay attention to him my favorite thing about Mario lemieux though is i might butcher this a little bit but in terms of the top 40 all-time points scored every single one of them has played at least a thousand games in some cases, 1200, 1300 on and on and on 1400, 1500 Mary Lemieux, I believe is in the top eight of all time points and never played a thousand games. He's at like 955 games. It's, wow. it's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing. And then the other one I was going to throw out there was Bo Jackson, just because <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to see it. I just wanted, Oh my god. what, what if, what if he had played, you know, what if he had 10,000 rushing yards and he hit three or 400 home runs
0: that's so good yeah like he yeah he again you know he he is revered around here for his days with the White Sox but you never quite got the full Bo Jackson even with the White Sox I mean that was in his Kansas City days and then he had the the whole hip thing and um, you know which ultimately led to the end of his career but yeah to have seen that guy I mean probably like maybe the maybe the best athlete that that we've ever watched in this generation. I mean, just from head to toe and proportion and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, it would have been great to have have seen him do like be completely healthy and who knows what he would have turned out to be as if he wasn't great already.
1: Final one. If Derek Rose stayed healthy, would we have the Bulls won a title?
0: Oh my God. Holy cow. Well, huh?
1: Yeah. I don't, don't,
0: you know what? I, I will say this. I don't know because LeBron James stayed in the Eastern conference, you know, I mean, he did his time in Miami and they, they, Miami took down Rose in 2011, right. That was the Eastern conference finals. And then LeBron goes back to, I, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say, no, I want to play the yeah. fantasy
1: and think that we would have broken through, but LeBron just got better. And yeah. And in 2011, at one point, he just said, Hey, I got number one on, on the bulls. I got Derek Rose. And then that, that series was kind of over, you know,
0: Well, and then who knows how, if Rose had stayed as supreme as he was and uninjured, who knows how that would have changed the way LeBron James would have built a team. Like, would he have stayed in Miami, right? Would he have have gone for more guys? Would more guys join Team LeBron in Cleveland? You know what I mean? Like that, so that's why I got to say it wouldn't unfortunately like i think the bulls would have probably kept getting back to the eastern conference finals but then there would have been like disappointment after disappointment is the way i see
1: it oh you're saying we dodged a bullet then (laughs) Uh, yeah maybe yeah we don't
0: want to feel like the the buffalo bills back in the day or the uh you know teams that lost the minnesota vikings lost the braves
1: yeah yeah the
0: braves yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i i I guess it's silly to say that, but yeah, we, it would have been like another like chapter of angst in Chicago sports. All those bulls teams foiled by LeBron James, just the way Michael Jordan used to foil the Knicks and all these other teams that tried to try to get past the Bulls. So it would, there would have been some poetic justice for, for the citizens of Chicago or against the citizens of Chicago, but it still would have sucked.
1: Yeah, the shoe might have been on the other foot and LeBron would have been sticking it to us after we oh, stuck it yeah. to the NBA for a decade. I think that oh. definitely possible. Mr. Mark Grody, thank you so much. I'm very thankful and grateful you are able to come back on the pod. Just please, real quick, let the good people and the listeners know how they can follow your work at 670 The Score and also your coverage of the Chicago Bears.
0: Yeah, um, I you can find me on Twitter if you'd like, at Mark Grody Sports. I am... Um, Yeah, I'm on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score periodically hosting and then covering the Bears 24 hours a day and the the sidelines for our Bears broadcast on WBBM. But, you know, you can find me on Twitter. That's easy. You don't have to. Don't worry about all that other stuff. I'm just throwing names and numbers at you at this point. <laughs> you
1: can find if you want to find me, you can find me. I'm Mark Rowe. Yeah, call the hotline uh, 555. and yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, Dial right exactly. in. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, well, Mark, man, I've been reading your stuff for a super long time, and I'm thankful that you took the time here today, and hopefully we can talk again soon. You got
0: it, Joey. Thanks,
1: man. This was Believe in Bears with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, Cane and Sunglasses, and just live cbd make sure you check out all those wonderful sponsors thank you so much for listening to this pod we got more stuff coming at you soon but until then be well be safe please be good to each other we will talk soon
0: thank you for listening to believe